If you're interested in sponsoring how you play the game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org. Your sponsorship may be tax deductible. Baby shark, do 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 do. Baby shark, do 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 do. Baby shark, do 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 do. Are you turning down? You're tur- are you turning? All right, now let me ask you this: Are you turning down because I overblew the channel, or because it was Baby Shark? <clears throat> I would be the latter. Okay. Don't worry, I'll put you back up. That sounds more like a threat than anything else. No, I actually did. Oh, okay. <laughs> Are we good now? Yeah, we're, we're fine now? now. Oh, so we can start the show now? Okay. Oh, is that, that's what we're doing. Oh, okay. Well, welcome everyone to How You Play the Game, the official podcast of the Yosef Foundation Incorporated. Yours truly, Jack, for along with you as we talk to you about what's happening as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the first episode of the month of November. The year is 2019. Glad you can be with us. Across the way, as always, the producer engineer, Mr. Sean Ryan. Sean, hello. How are you? Bonjour. Oh, we're going French now, I see. Can you do any other languages? Uh, Put me on the spot. Um, konnichiwa. Hola. Guten Tag. Okay, I think we've I think we've maxed that's, out. We've now. covered all of them. Yeah, that's those are the only important languages. <laughs> Let's just completely just no Russian. No, you've been demoted. You're no longer an important language. You're addressing. Um, as always, you can catch us on the interwebs. Our uh, as I overblow the channel again. No, the first time I just didn't want, like what you, you were singing. Oh, you oh, okay. This time you actually did. I it. actually did. Oh, okay. <laughs> I see how it works now. Uh, the interwebs. You can find us at osafoundation.org. You can always email the show podcast at osafoundation.org, facebook.com slash osafoundation, Twitter and Instagram at osafoundation. Hashtag how you play the game. And as always, you can always send us. As I say, always a few too many times. Yeah, it's okay. you can send us your stories of sportsmanship for us to discuss on the show via email podcast at osafoundation.org, or go to the website and click the link that says submit a story regarding the the podcast which i believe is on a drop down menu for the show if i remember how the interwebs work it's very complicated and convoluted apparently it's a series of tubes oh and uh i just i haven't figured that out yet but uh, as peter potamus said right. from the harvey birdman special did you get that thing i sent you <laughs> when it, you get that thing that thing was it was it free real estate <laughs> Can't really portray the the look. <laughs> I know on audio podcast. I know I tried to do the head tilt. It's all right. The smile. It's okay. Okay. It's got a pool in the back. It's fine. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, so let's uh, let's just jump into it because last time yeah. we had a very short show. Well, we actually had a couple of short shows, and uh, we have got a ton of things to talk about now. In fact, we've got so many things to talk about that we've actually had to cut certain things from the show oh. and put them on mm-hmm. other shows oh, yeah. because of how much stuff there is. So Yeah, it's just a myriad of stuff. We want to get to uh, four things today uh, since they're kind of recently in our minds. And uh, we're going to let Sean take the reins on the first one because yep. of uh, how recent these things are in uh, in the world of Major League Baseball. Yeah, so this took place, uh, it's a bad, it's an example of very bad sportsmanship. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes from uh, NewJersey.com, okay. a news source, and um, by Brendan Cootie. Cootie? K-U-T-Y. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cootie? Yep. That's how you would say it? I think that's how it is. Okay. Um, he's, a, he's a very good beat reporter. NJ Advanced Media for yeah. NewJersey.com. He, he covers Yankees. Okay. So uh, so apparently some crude Yankees fans, according to the article, um, taunted Astro Zach Granke's social anxiety disorder before the ALCS Game 4. Right, when he was pitching, right? Um, so... I almost want to say that I needn't. I I, I don't. I don't need to say anymore. That's I basically mean, it, right that's there. That's pretty. Yeah. I mean, it's like you know. Well, I'll get into the details, but it's it's honestly it it's um the, so an NYP. I'll paraphrase the article. So an NYPD officer stood on the metal bench, um, in front of the bullpen, mm-hmm. 
where the where the um, the Astros the Astros bullpen right, and um, he was pointing to a Yankees fan who was sort of being crude, mm-hmm. and he, um, after the all the taunts were coming for you know towards Zach Ranky and he said get him out yeah just immediately get him out, um, and this was during the warm up right while he was while he was throwing his warm up pitches. Um, and it was kind of it comes out on the heels of um, the uh, incident that occurred in game three with all the trash throwing right on the field so that's a conversation for another time but um, AJ Hinch the manager for the for the Astros was already pretty upset about that um, and you know, everyone was still kind of just, I guess, what's the word? Sensitive. Rev, revved up yeah, tight, about it. And this just, flowing. and then this just really, I mean, it was sort of like the, the nail in the coffin, right. you know, where it gets to a point where, you know, when you're, when, when you're taunting a pitcher uh, who's just supposed to be doing his job of right. playing the game, um, you're taunting his social anxiety and 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 this 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 shortcoming he has um you're making fun of a guy for his for it's, a disorder it's not even about the you know, sport exactly. anymore you've it's, gone you've you're just gone, a terrible person you've gone past um, good-natured ribbing um they also cha- they also chanted donald which was granky's first name okay or or i guess is that his, his birth name? Maybe his birth name. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, and the officers were just saying, first one to mouth off, get him out mm-hmm. to the other officers, yep. to, the, to, the, to the security. And... Um, and kudos to those officers, too. Because... You know, when you, yeah. when you go to a... It can be dangerous. You don't know. Well, you go to a ball game... And the officers could very easily be fans of the team. Right. And, I mean, we saw that clip from years ago when, um, I want to say it was 2013, when the Red Sox and the Tigers met in the ALCS. And was it Torrey Hunter was on the Tigers? And he fell over the wall at Fenway Park trying to rob a home run. And the police officer who was in the bullpen basically feet from where he fell over was caught on camera basically celebrating the home run rather than coming to the aid of a player who had just flipped over a wall right you know so it's very easy for you know for us to look at these police officers and say well look they they work for the municipality where the game is taking place they they can they're humans they can be mm-hmm. fans too right you know so kudos to them for saying my fandom does not come in between uh, me and my job, and my job here is to protect people uh, as the, as they come to enjoy mm-hmm. a baseball game, and that includes protecting the participants. Right. And what is occurring here is getting into the realm of dangerous, where right. uh, we need to act swiftly to to protect the participants. And apparently fans also leaned over the concrete barrier between the stands and the bullpen and shouted insult about Granky's mother oh, as geez. well. Cause, cause clearly she that's, had something that's to do not with it. A, right. Cause it's not enough right. to taunt someone's social anxiety. Right. So there's that too. Um, and then one of the, um, the, I believe the catcher, I think one of the bullpen catchers mm-hmm. went up to, uh, oh yeah, Javier Braca, Bracamonte um, stood up in the, he's one of the bullpen catchers and watched a fan who hurled in, insults at him. Uh, Bracamonte then walked toward the cops in the dugout and smiled while watching the fan. <laughs> because what were they going to, I mean, yeah. um, the Astros were obviously concerned for the safety of, course. of their players, yeah. as they should be. I think everyone should be concerned at that point right. when you're making comments like that. And the stadium staff was too, and they handled the problem. And 45 minutes after the uh, before the first pitch, the main center field scoreboard displayed a message that warned fans 
that they would be arrested for throwing things onto the field. So just to remind everyone and just, and then, um, about the day before, but, um, yeah, it's just the, the staff and the police together handled it pretty well. Um, and got them and got removed the fans. Um, so yeah, I mean, kudos to them. Yeah. They did their they did a good job and you know, it's just it's just a shame that it had to it, it it why can't you just cheer for your team right. and not cheer against <laughs> another the opponent for the purposes of going into the personal life where, you know, thing, thing. now let me say this. Granky is a bit of a special case. I'm not going to try and defend the people <clears throat> who were um, who were hurling these insults, but right. you know, to put this into perspective, you know, Granky has a has a history of basically snubbing the Yankees because of his his anxiety. He has made it very clear that he does not feel like he could thrive in an atmosphere that creates that type of pressure. So when, you know, they were thinking when when the, the idea was floated many moons ago of Zach Greinke coming to the Yankees, it was pretty quickly shot down because of this. And it seems like fans, you know, who are very short sighted and shallow, hold that grudge saying you're not, you know, which is not acceptable by any stretch no. of the imagination, but basically saying, you know, oh, you're too much of a wimp to come here. Things like that. When in reality, let's let's. Fast forward ahead and play devil's advocate. What happens if he comes here and he does terribly? You're still not going to be happy. You're going to be like, why do we even sign this guy? You know, so there's a, it's a double-edged sword where you can't really win. And and the, the message here instead is to just be like, listen, leave it alone. It's not that big of a deal to you. Mm-hmm. Why do you have to taunt the guy for something he's been battling his entire life? Right. Um, now, the other part of it, which is actually kind of funny in a, in a, in a kind of a satirical way, his social anxiety also um, leads him to not be very talkative with the media. So which which is another point of discussion in that, you know, obviously athletes, you know, have to have a relationship with the media because it's the media who who cover the team and, and bring you know, the, the news of the team to the fans and, and whatnot. Granky during the postseason, I believe, had a press conference prior to one of his starts where I think, I forget the exact number, but he said maybe like 40-some words the entire time. Like it was so, his answers were so short that, uh, and, and, and what was perceived, if you didn't know he had this anxiety disorder, it would be perceived like he was some sort of snuck up snob, you know, who, who was trying to basically, you know, be a menace to the, to the media and whatnot. But it became kind of satirical in a way that people were counting the words that he said and then said, I think the joke I heard at one point was uh, when, the, when he pitched the next day, they said, well, his pitch count is higher now than the number of words that he said in the, in the press conference yesterday. Uh, I think that was in the, in the series with the Tampa Bay Rays in the division series. Okay. And, um, you know, that in itself, you know, can go either way because I feel like as an athlete. I mean, he, how would he feel about it? Right. I guess that's the, the big thing. As if, he an, can, right. if he can kind of laugh along with the joke. Right. No harm, no foul. Right. But. And as an athlete, you know, as a professional athlete, you have to understand that the media is there to do a job, you know. So so I think from his standpoint, it would almost be smarter to come at it from uh, a point of vulnerability. Um, and, and perhaps that would be, uh, you know, kind of the way to, to stop some of this stuff from that nature. That all being said... What occurred prior to that game in the ALCS at Yankee Stadium doesn't get excused by any of this. Um, you know, just go out there and, you know, just just beat him on the field. You know, yeah. there's no reason to demoralize him right. in that matter. And guess what? You lost that game. Yeah. Okay? The Astros won. Um, Granky, I mean, as, as a sports fan, 
Okay, let's take the anxiety and everything out of it. Okay, you know there are many people out there who who believe that Grinky does not thrive well in the postseason. He's not a postseason pitcher. He's he he he's not that dominant ace that you know really sets the tone in a game where he goes out and throws seven innings, one run, five hits, you know, and just puts up a masterful performance. He's just not that guy. Um, so you can make that argument all you want about, no, I don't want him on my team because he just doesn't, he just doesn't put up the numbers that I think that, you know, a starting pitcher should for what our needs are. The anxiety doesn't even come into play at that point, you know, and you can have that discussion without the, the anxiety even playing a role. Uh, and, and it makes total sense, you know? But you throw in that that intangible, and now we've we've entered into a realm where we have to be a bit more sensitive to some of these things. You know, um, I don't think that it's wrong to analyze it and say, no, I don't think that Zach Greinke would be a good fit for the New York Yankees or the New York Mets because of the social anxiety disorder. I think that's a fair thing to say. Um, what I don't think is a fair thing to say is, um, hey, Granky, you bleep and bleep bleep because of your your anxiety. Uh, you would, you know, you you're going to be terrible. You're going to you're not going to do well. Then, you know, and, and basically anything that I can't say on a family show, mm-hmm. you know, as as these fans did. Right. So it, it's another black eye on the Yankee fans because there are those of us like us who you know, who are Yankee fans, but who just, we get the bad rap because of the few bad apples, you know? And that, you know, and you had mentioned this before, but you had, you said you were rooting for the Yankees, but there's a part of you as well that kind of would think it sort of bittersweet if they had won. Exactly. And... Because of because of all these issues that have occurred, not only throughout this season, but like just in general, yeah, it's just karma like, karma can be real. Yeah, and this is a team that you know they're outgoing veterans of CC Sabathia and Brett Gardner. Although Gardner could come back, um, were the main focal points of poor sportsmanship uh, recently within the past year plus. Um, Aaron Boone has has done nothing but attack younger umpires and uh, has done things that have just been problematic. I mean, the the, the things that and the, and the things that that the social media ran with the savages in the box, the Brett Gardner hitting things, you know, the mm-hmm. the, the bat maneuver that became the the rallying cry, you know, symbol for for the uh, for the team. I mean, all of those different things have just gotten so far out of hand that they are promoting poor sportsmanship. Yeah, and so. You know, it, it's I'm you know believe me, I'm a Yankees fan through and through, and you you can't change that unfortunately. But there are parts of it where you can be very dissatisfied, and it's not I'm not rooting against the Yankees, but I sleep at night to a degree knowing that in a weird way justice was served. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, I wasn't. I mean, I was <clears throat> disappointed that they didn't go further, but yeah. on, on one hand, but on the other hand, I'm like, well, you know, well, to, to follow, what goes around comes around. Right, and to follow that point a little bit, it, <clears throat> it was they kind of doubled down on it a little bit after they were eliminated. I don't know if you saw this, but in, and this was no. not one of the topics that I was going to talk about today, but during the, the post-mortem press conference that they do after they are eliminated each mm-hmm. year, so both Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone spoke to the media for, you know, an hour and change. I think it was, you know, um, I think it was on the off day after game two of the World Series that they did this. Mm-hmm. And during the press conference, Brian Cashman went first. And Sweeney Murdy, who is the beat reporter for WFAN, mm-hmm. the radio station that that broadcasts the Yankees games. And Sweeney also does like the post game show and and whatnot. So he asked a question of Brian, basically saying, um, you know, th- there were three, there are three major pitchers in the World Series that you could have 
had on your roster in some way, shape, or form, and you passed on them, does that affect your opinion of them? Do you, do you have any regrets? Do you change? Blah, 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 blah. And Cashman like practically snapped at him in a way that was reminiscent. I think it was Mark Feinsand who said uh, it was reminiscent of uh, Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson in A Few Good Men, um, basically saying, I didn't pass on them. You know, and they got into this like very tense debate over semantics, uh, because mm. in the, in the three pitchers in question were Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole, and Patrick Corbin, and Justin Verlander uh, went to the Astros in a deal that the Yankees were trying to acquire him, but it was not going to fit into their you know what they deemed was their budget. They were not going to overpay for him, and Justin Verlander went to the Astros and and practically single-handedly made them uh, world champions in 2017. Garrett Cole was traded from Pittsburgh to Houston, I believe, prior to this season. And uh, Pittsburgh liked the package that Houston was offering better, and the Yankees refused to up the package in order to acquire him. And Corbin was offered a very reasonable uh, contract by the Yankees. Washington offered him more. And the Yankees wouldn't up their offer. So all three of them, it's it's semantics. But the fact that <clears throat> Cashman took it personally like that and acted in such a way that was kind of childish. You mm. know, if, he's, if you have a real problem with the way that Sweeney asked that question, you can, you can politely say... You know, I I don't really want to argue semantics here, but, you know, I would disagree with your assessment that we passed on them. Um, You know, I can explain it. You know, if you'd like to discuss it, I can explain it. But, um, you know, you you don't need to put or or just say no comment. Exactly. Move on. Exactly. You you know, there's there are a million other ways to do that without getting defensive. Right. And and basically thinking like the media is attacking you. Yeah. Okay, because that's reminiscent of the ridiculousness that the Yankees have demonstrated right. in sportsmanship. Now, in Cashman's defense, right, they just lost, right. So there is a bit of, you know, stress and anguish and everything else. But you know, I think he's been around long enough to sort of. Uh, be graceful. Yeah. Be graceful about the right. whole thing. And this happens every year when you don't win. <clears throat> right. Okay. So you know this is coming. Right. You know how to handle this. Yeah. You need to be better than that. So. So anyway, um, but but to now piggyback off of that, the story that I was going to bring up here is the story about how karma and the Astros are is kind of an issue. So we just talked about how, you know, the Yankee fans were acting inappropriately towards Greinke and how the the Yankees kind of got what they deserved. Well, we're obviously recording this before the end of the World Series, and when it's released, we'll know who has won the World Series. But uh, following the uh, the the Astros win over the Yankees in the championship series in the in the clubhouse. Uh, assistant uh, GM, I believe his name is Brandon Taubman. Mm-hmm. Let me let me bring up this name specifically so that I. Uh, get I think right. I know. You know. I think I know the story you're going to tell. Yeah, uh, yeah, Brandon Taubman. Okay, so mm-hmm. to to refresh everyone's memory, in the top of the ninth inning in Game Six of the ALCS, Roberto Osuna came in holding a four-two lead. And served up a game-tying home run to DJ LeMahieu. Okay, now Osuna was suspended in the prior year for 75 games due to a domestic violence incident. Right. Okay, legally speaking, he was not prosecuted because um, his then girlfriend uh, fled and did not, you know, was not there to uh, to assist with the prosecution. However, as we know. The, the prosecution legally is separate from Major League Baseball's uh, policy. So MLB decided to suspend him without pay for 75 games, which was concurrent with the administrative leave without pay that he was put on during the investigation. So okay. he, 
in essence, his punishment was served as a result of their investigation, but that kind of you, you, you kind of ex, you accept that a little bit because that administrative leave occurred without pay, okay? And he was also not in the games, so whatever. So he's in the game. He gives up the home run to Lemayhu. It's now tied at four. All right. Bottom of the ninth, Aroldis Chapman, who I might add, just for you know, for for purposes of coincidence, is also a uh, a person who was suspended under MLB for domestic violence. Uh, serves up the the game winning home run to Jose Altuve. Astros win the ALCS, move on to World Series. In the post game celebration in the clubhouse, Brandon Taubman, who is the assistant GM, who probably had some alcohol in his system. Uh, turned to a group of female reporters, uh, one of which was wearing a purple domestic violence awareness bracelet and yelled a half a dozen times, quote, thank God we got Osuna. I'm so bleeping glad we got Osuna. Now, the chain of, of events chron- uh, chronology, if you will, uh, stated that SI uh, Sports Illustrated reported this. Um, the Astros refuted that and said that SI fabricated this story. Major League Baseball began an investigation. Witnesses corroborated the Sports Illustrated story. Uh, Houston then released a second statement saying, we investigated, we were wrong. We terminated Brandon Taubman. And still it took additional time to issue apologies to the women who were who were the, you know who wrote the story who who was wearing the domestic violence thing you know the bracelet it was it was a mess and this comes in the same season when the Houston Astros denied a, a clubhouse credential basically to a reporter from the Detroit Free Press when the Tigers were in town to play the Astros simply because Justin Verlander, the former Tiger, now Astro, refused to talk to him. And he said to uh, the the people at the Astros, you want me to do a media session normally after the game and blah, 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 blah. You can't let this guy in. I will refuse to talk to anybody if this guy's let in. And it became this big hoopla because... Um, I think it's the word hoopla. It's hoopla. Yeah. I said hoopla. 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 <clears throat> because basically, this guy was denied access to the Astros clubhouse uh, by like three major bodyguards who were standing in front of the door, and he, you know, he captured this all on film because we have the technology now, mm-hmm. and, and tweeted it and reported it and whatnot. And then when when Verlander was done with his his presser, then he was allowed in. So the Astros are the next team to uh, await karma, and the and the amount of fallout from this whole thing was insane. In fact, it was so insane that Yankees uh, radio color commentator Susan Waldman has gone on record as saying she's boycotting this World Series because of this with the Astros. Mm. Um, now, granted, some Yankee fans are just boycotting the World Series because they're, the Yankees aren't in it. Right. But she has a pretty good point, and she said, "You know, you're setting you're you're setting the the work that women have done back so many years." Um, and I understand. Now, granted, to play devil's advocate, this is the same woman, Susan Waldman, who has said very harsh things about young umpires. Uh, and who has been critical of these things in ways where I I have I take issue with what she has said over that. So nobody's perfect. Everyone no has, no ah. everyone has skeletons in the closet. Hmm. And you know I just I I just find it very ironic that this stuff has turned into what it is. People have skeletons. I have cemeteries. Well, that just seems like a waste of money because I can only imagine what you're paying in property taxes. It's a lot. I was gonna, we're in New Jersey, Sean. Okay, property taxes cost a lot here. It's a lot. How do you how do you do the upkeep? 
It's it's rough. I mean, it's you know, it's it's. I have never seen you actually mow a lawn before. So, well, it's all done at night. I do uh, night work. When it's the spookiest, right? Oh. Well, now that I'm scared out of my mind, I go into my closet, grab my lawnmower, and you keep your lawnmower in your closet. Well, that's where my cemetery is. So, duh. Excuse me. What's I, 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 what's the matter with you? I, I, <laughs> no, this is just ridiculous. This is, this is this is on me for not understanding. Right? How yeah. dare you? Yeah. My fault. <laughs> get, get out. I'll just leave my own house now. <laughs> anyway. What like, were you we talking about? Uh, uh, domestic violence, Brandon Taubman. Okay. You know, the whole thing is just is just insane. You know, this whole thing with, with you know, I, I don't even know where else to go. Just, in, you know, in, in that I'm, I'm kind of waiting for karma to to take hold of this whole thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Well... It just goes to show you with the whole thing that you're always on stage yep. and you never know who's there, mm-hmm. never know who's listening and you can den- deny things all you want, but if there are witnesses, <laughs> you're absolutely and, right. You know, you are absolutely um, right. You, you, you're, you're, he, he kind of not to go along with the whole cemetery thing. He sort of dug his own grave, Yep. you know, he, he, I mean, there's really no excuse for that kind of behavior. There's no excuse for what he said and in the way he said it. Mm-hmm. I mean, and there was no excuse for the Astros to come out and say, "How dare Sports Illustrated fabric fabricate this story?" Mm-hmm. You know, why don't they just come out and say, "We were made aware of this. We will investigate." Right. That's all you had to say. It's the knee jerk reaction. Yeah. That- so ridiculous. That's kind of plaguing our society. You know what the funny thing was too? Um, during the World Series, they released the uh, the winners of the relievers of the year, which are named. The awards are named after Mariano Rivera in the American League and Trevor Hoffman in the National League. And they had this, you know, the presentation at I think it's Game Four of the World Series. Oh. And who won? From the American League, Aroldis Chapman, mm. another domestic violence person who was suspended, and who went in the National League, Josh Hader, who was uh, in hot water because of some tweets he sent out when he was younger. Not so, related to Bill. Not related to Bill Hader, oh, okay. who does Stefan so nicely. Mm. New York's hottest club is Boof. <laughs> Opened on a dare by narcoleptic soap opera star Snoozin' Lucci. This club has everything. Soda. Purple stuff, Sunny D, a child. <laughs> uh, Who's that over there? Is that Mick Jagger? No, it's a Pakistani family that cuts in line at Disneyland. Sorry, I mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just love Stefan. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's that. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so moving on. So the, the the second story that I wanted to bring up, our third story of the day, is the story of Rob Drake. I don't know if you heard about this one. No. Okay, so Rob Drake, Major League Baseball umpire, wears uh, sleeve number 30. Okay. Yep, because I have a problem. Um, he sent out a tweet that was akin to, and I'm paraphrasing here, um, if you impeach my president, then I'm going oh, to yes. go buy an AR-15 yes, assault rifle. I did see that. Because you've got another civil what war on your hands. What the heck was that? All right. Um, <laughs> it was quickly deleted and his account was uh, deactivated. But uh, it was... It was crazy. And... MLB stated that they were aware of it and they would investigate, which is the right thing to say, Houston Astros. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and we, I basically, basically, uh, our friends over at Close Call Sports, Gil and T Mac, were uh, writing some stuff up about it. And uh, Gil did a great job talking about it because Gil is a, Gil works in the legal profession by day and um, basically mm-hmm. said that. 
you know, he, he kind of looked at the First Amendment uh, and how it protects people and this, that, the other and whatnot. And, and he said, you know, the First Amendment in this case basically protects people from uh, sharing their views specifically with regard to public entities. If you work for a private company, which Major League Baseball is, the First Amendment doesn't really help you because the, the company has the right to, you know, say, you know, prior to your employment that you have to say and or do and or act in a way that does not disparage the public image of their company. Uh, you know that when you willingly enter into an agreement to be employed by that company. Um, so Major League Baseball could be within their rights to um, issue some sort of punishment here. You, you know, he can't hide behind the First Amendment here. The first Well, am- and also the First Amendment, the, the way I was interpreted for me was it protects you from the government. Right. But it doesn't necessarily protect you from other people. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. So precisely, you know, you, you, you can be really roasted for that. Right. And <laughs> the first amendment does not protect you when you are insinuating things that involve violence or harm of other people, right. things like that. And in this statement, what Drake said was, I mean, he, he, it was not a direct threat. He did not particularly say, I'm going to go kill people. He said, if this impeachment occurs, I plan to purchase a firearm because another civil war will break out. It's not a uh, a direct threat. Preemptive officiating. Yeah, I see what you did there. <laughs> I see. What, so you're, he's basically doing what he's been trained right. to do. Right. <laughs> What is he, a secret agent? Did he work for Treadstone in the, the Bourne films and whatnot? Oh, my God. Um, but, you know, so so the the public interpretation of that is gray. And that was pointed out by Gill is that he didn't specifically threaten anybody, uh, although you could make the argument that he did based upon what he said. Um you know, he also discussed in in the well. He did say, "My president." Yes. So that could be alluding to his like actions he was going to take. Right. You know, it could. It oh, could it totally be, could. You. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's not like I'm trying to defend the statements here. What right. I'm trying to say is that if you were to you know argue in a court of law, I think you have equal arguments on both mm-hmm. sides saying. You know, he clearly was saying this versus he, you know, he. how, how can you be so sure he was saying right. he was threatening, you know? Uh, so what's what the another thing that Gil pointed out was that different uh, different sports, you know, the, the four different major sports all have different policies on social media with regard to their officials. You know, uh, the NHL has a strict no social media policy. So all of their officials, referees and linesmen are not allowed to have any social media whatsoever. Hmm. The NBA, by contrast, has their own social media account, the NBA referees, and they interact with fans, hmm. you know, in order to try and uh, bring to light the different things that they're looking for and whatnot. You know, it's kind of futile sometimes because of the abuse that they take on social media as a result of that, which which I do not condone whatsoever. But mm-hmm. you see the two ends of the spectrum, right. you know, and Major League Baseball does not have a social media policy per se, but officials are not banned from having their own social media accounts. Most officials that do have social media accounts, however, do at least have um, restrictions on them, like they, you know, they're private. They can only be seen by certain people, stuff like that. Uh, and for the most part, they're only used to either keep in touch with family members and friends, as well as promote, you know, some of the good things that they do, like the the UMS care charities and you know all the different things that you know, all the different philanthropic sure. things that they do. Um, but it's it's a little bit of a problem. And I think the ultimate thing is that what Gill was trying to say was that MLB wants their their officials to have no trace of a lack of impartiality when it comes to anything. Um, and he cited two prior examples. The first he cited was call up umpire Toby Basner, who has been released and no longer is a major league official, 
one of his family members commented on social media about Basner's ejection of then Blue Jays third baseman Josh Donaldson, basically saying it was a good ejection. And when it came time to evaluate Basner as to whether he would be retained as an official before making him a full-time official, he was not retained. And the, you know, the social media comment of a family member went into the decision to not retain him. Mm. Okay. We know about the Joe West story as he was approaching his milestone. And, and I think it was Sports Illustrated did a, did a story on him. And they tongue-in-cheek asked him who's the biggest complainer in baseball. And he tongue-in-cheek answered Adrian Beltre. He was then suspended for three games by Major League Baseball, even though it was clearly a joke because he gave off the impression that he was not impartial. Fair or not fair in both of those cases, that's what happened. And now you've got the same thing here happening with Rob Drake in that his, you know, what, what he said gives off a layer of a lack of impartiality. His political views have nothing to do with how he works as an official. Mm-hmm. But because of that, um, it's it's gotten to be problematic. I want to approach this a couple of different ways. The first way I want to approach it is to first call out the people who have been commenting on this, who, unlike Gill and, and those at Close Call Sports, um, refuse to separate the politics from this issue. Um. These people who refuse to do that, I feel, are guilty of a level of poor sportsmanship because they refuse to look at the issue uh, through a clear lens. You know, it's kind of like the people who are always anti-umpire because the call was bad. Oh, the call was bad, therefore all umpires are terrible people, et cetera, et cetera. Now, you can be pro-umpire and say, okay, yeah, he missed that call, you know? But but these people who, you know, I was reading some of the discussion about this on Close Call Sports, and, and there are people who refuse to do that, you know, who were basically bringing, you know, playing the minority card and playing this card and playing that card. And it was just like, you, you guys and gals don't seem to understand that the discussion here has nothing to do with his political preference. It has everything to do with how his actions affect his job and status with his employer. You know, the exact same thing could be happening, you know, from a different standpoint. If it was all a Democratic president, people defending him, whatever. You can change any of those variables, Mm -hmm. okay? And we still have an issue here. The other thing I want to point out is that Everybody's trying to comment about this from the standpoint of what do we do about Rob Drake? How do we punish him? Does he deserve a punishment? This, that, the other. And I'd like to take a step back and look at it from an empathetic standpoint. And instead of looking to to judge Rob Drake, I'd like to ask what's happening in Rob Drake's mind and in his life that has caused him to be this way? Because it, if you truly want to fix a problem, it would behoove you to examine the source of that issue and to look to eliminate it that way rather than psychologically telling him through, through negative reinforcement that you can't do this you know, by, by punishment and, and maybe that teaches him his lesson, so to speak. Because that doesn't preclude him from doing it again. You know, he may still do it again. Rob, well, do we know? Do we? Well, I guess we 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 kind of need to the story to unfold a little bit, right? More, right. But I but I want to I want to I want to pose this stuff because the mm-hmm. following things we do know. We do know that Rob Drake has been a full time umpire since 2010. He has missed the playoffs in a chunk of a chunk of those years. Um. And we also know, very unfortunately, that it was a couple of years ago that he lost his wife tragically. Um, I can't even begin to imagine what's going on in his mind, in his life, to, to, to lose a spouse and be left with young kids um, in a profession where you are on 
the road six months a year. There's no home base for you. You know, the, yeah. the, the emotional turmoil that it must put on you when you don't have that support system anymore and you're left wondering about your kids and your family and, and, and the variables that come along with that. That must be a certain form of hell that I would not wish on anybody. Um, on top of that, you just look at the profession in general. You have to be in a very, very clear mental state, and I know this from personal experience, to be able to get through this. You know, you, you take abuse from everywhere. And although it's not meant to be personal, it is, it's a drag. And when you don't have that comfort of that home base and that support system, it gets worse. And finally, again, not trying to play politics here, but we are in a society where we are so quick to attack our political opponents in ways that don't actually solve the problems but just put the opposition on the defensive. That is the the rhetoric of our entire political landscape in our country right now. And I would imagine that with what's going on in our country, someone like Rob, who is um, clearly a, a leaning right, feels in his you know what what I perceive to be a weakened state, feels like he's being attacked. I bet you he feels very much attacked and demeaned by his political opponents, whether they're coming at him directly or if he's just watching it on the TV. And he's probably saying things and doing things that in the right frame of mind he would otherwise regret. So my opinion would be to examine those and to ask Rob, what's happening in your life what's going on here because the best solution here is to possibly get you the help that you need rather than to judge you or to fire you you know major league baseball may have to issue some sort of penalty in order to save face here and for me it would be smarter and look better to say okay listen we don't condone this. We have suspended him for X number of games without pay. But we would also we've also decided to help him. You know, we we've we've gotten him the help that he needs because we value him. We value him as a person, let alone as an umpire. And we we want to see him succeed. Um if he screws up again, then you can cut him loose. Okay, you don't get a second chance like that, right? But, or I guess in that case, it's a third chance. However, you're counting mm-hmm. chances. Okay, but in that case, I would look at that and I would say you owe it to this guy to look to address the issues internally so that he doesn't feel attacked. It would it would seem to make more sense for Major League Baseball to use this as an opportunity to say. We as fans, as players, we need to have more respect for our officials because of what they go through. Don't use this whole thing of, well, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. Because human beings don't operate that way. And this is a perfect opportunity for them to to say, no, we got to fix this. What do you think? Well, I mean, there's... There's multiple ways to look at it, obviously, but I think, you know, considering the climate, and I don't want to get political either, but considering the climate regarding mass shootings and everything, when you when when you mention something uh, like what what Drake mentioned, um, it it raises some red flags, um, and. You know, we've said before, it's not the situation itself, it's how you respond to it. Right. Um, So, to me, it's kind of a call for help. You know, 
you know, you you want you want to obviously provide you want you obviously want to provide everyone the tools that they need to prevent something like that from actually happening. Although the chances of that happening, hopefully, are slim to none. Right. Um, what what he's saying, but <clears throat> I mean the the. It's a number of things. I mean, mental health is extremely important. Yeah. I mean, I think two of our stories so far today have revolved around mental health, mm-hmm. social anxiety disorder, and and we well we didn't I don't think we categorized what Drake had, uh, but we're we're just sort of kind of pontificating right. on the possibility of there being something there, which they're very well make. Which very well, considering his wife, absolutely, and so, leaving so, us, and I mean, we, like, we have to know. we have to state that this is an opinion and a conjecture. Right, we're not saying that we're not it is saying this is, is right, but, right. But but at the same time, I think if you know if if if, if signs point that way, I think yeah. it is reasonable for us to ask the question. Right. And and to ask it in a way that is that is to say we're not judging you as a result yeah. of it. We're looking for answers so that we might be able to, to to have compassion. And there's also what you know, lots of different lots of different people are affected by this in different ways. Mm-hmm. So for example, a layman reading the article and seeing this, like you'd say, it could make it political and say, Oh, that's just, you don't say this sort of thing. This is very you know, this is this is unacceptable. It's not PC. It's right. not this. It's not that. And I think, unfortunately, to satisfy that group of people, um, and to almost put that the, the 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 people that see it like that at ease, that there unfortunately has to be some sort of consequence. Right. Um, but if you're going to do that as an organization, if MLB decides to impose some sort of consequence, there has to be a route for help. Right. You cannot just impose the consequence and say, no, no, no. Right. You can't do this anymore. And that's that. Right. Because that doesn't solve the problem. Well, that's That's putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. Right. That's kind of what happened with with Josh Hader, who we just talked about. Right. You know, what they said with Hader was they did not, they decided not to suspend him since the tweets that he sent Mm -hmm. out occurred when he was in high school. Yeah. But they did say that we have decided to send him to sensitivity training, that mm-hmm. which is mandatory, right. in order to remedy this. Yeah. So that would be an example of how that might relate to this situation, to right. say, not not just saying, uh-uh-uh, you can't do that. It's, mm-hmm. okay, we may have to save face here, but it's going to be done in a way that rehabilitates you. And you got to consider that every case is different. Yes. I mean, every person is different. Everyone's unique. And this what one person does or says and how it's reacted or how people react to it doesn't apply to what the next person says right. because of extenuating circumstances or differentiating variables. You, you don't know. Right. Um, and you kind of have to take these stories, uh, you know, case by case. Mm-hmm. Now, notwithstanding, I still think what Drake said was alarming. Yes. I mean, I, I mean, let's not Come, dis- coming out of left field. Let's no pun not intended, let's you know. not discount that yeah. what he said was alarming. But again, it this goes with anyone who has these thoughts is that they need help, right. no matter what situation they're in, they need help. Right. Um, it's. You know, it, 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 and it doesn't just apply to guns. Right. I mean, if you're bullying someone, mm-hmm. you're obviously the one who needs the most help. Right. And rather the, and, than the person you're, you're right. bullying. And the, the help, and when we say help, we're not saying, we're not necessarily implying like deep psychiatric evaluation with okay. a straitjacket. No. No. The help mm. just might mean, let's sit down and talk. <clears throat> do, you right. just, do you need a hug? Yeah, you know that's that that might be right. all the help you need. It's just you need someone to talk to. You need someone to mm-hmm. listen to you. Right. You know, to, so that you can explain and, and just get your feelings out. Enter officials anonymous. Uh huh. Exactly. You know. So if, if maybe if Rob had called officials anonymous. Yeah. You know. But yeah, I mean, 
there are just other ways you can go about, you know, that's the thing too, that social media has really made it easy for people to kind of express any opinion. Yeah, that too. I mean, you know, you know, and what we don't understand with social media is that this is not a platform for anybody to offer an opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay, you you if you use it that way, like well, you can you can use but, it that way, but, <laughs> you but expect expect there to the, be you know, the retribution, right? You know, and the other thing it brings up is what you just said earlier is that you're always on stage. Mm-hmm. You're a major league umpire. Yeah. Okay. People are gonna people will look for any opportunity to jump on you. Mm-hmm. You can say anything you you could you could say hello. Via social media, mm-hmm. people are going to try and find ways to discredit yeah. you. You know, it's it's a tough gig. Yeah, it is a tough gig. You know, and and my heart goes out to him as a, as a fellow official. Right. You know, um, and the, and to people, and you know, not to not to drag this further through the mud, but and to the people who might be triggered, right, psychologically by a statement like that. Yes. You know, you, you because again, it's it's a ripple effect. And to think you don't know who's going to be affected. He was the one who was triggered to say that based yeah. upon something. So, and we're, this is all terrible talk since we're talking about guns here. But oh, geez, yeah. okay, but still, right. the idea is that somebody said something that triggered him. Mm-hmm. He said something that could trigger other people. Right. Hence, where we are now. Yeah. You know this this whole thing ripples in both directions mm-hmm. prior to, to to him saying it and then as the as the consequence of him saying it right so so where do you want to where do you want to go how sli- how thin do you want to slice the bologna mm-hmm. you know um we just kind of have to wait and see yeah and i imagine mm-hmm. that they will wait significantly until you know after the world like series off season yeah um i also you know i especially <sighs> one thing i just remembered is that uh the contract that the umpires have with Major League Baseball expires this offseason. So they have to renegotiate a new collective bargaining agreement. And this would be the, the prime time for them to say, guess They're, what? They could be compromised. Or, well, it could be, you know, either they have, you know, they, they might have an upper hand now. And they might have to say, listen, no social media. You know? Which, you know what? <laughs> hey. Might not be a bad thing. Right. Maybe it's a maybe it's a good thing. Yeah. So finally, since we've talked a lot, why don't you tell us the the good story oh, that yeah. you brought so that we can end this on a happy note? This is great. So um this is a story uh posted by upworthy.com. Okay. Uh, written by Annie Renault 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 Renault, yeah. R e n e e a u. Yep. Renault. Renault. Yeah. It's French. Francais. Yep. Um, and I'll you know I'll read. French is also addressing like Russian, bringing it full circle. Right. Yeah. Uh. So. Um, Could go for some Thousand Island. I'll. I do like my. I do like me some Thousand Island. Yeah. Uh. Isn't so a the million island. That'd be a lot of islands. Uh, yeah. Uh, Magic so, the Gathering. Can I just interrupt you anymore? <laughs> so I was going to read the article now. Right now. Now? Right this second. Everything that's happening now is happening now. All right, I'll stop. Okay. I'll just turn the mic off. So <laughs> so true acts of sportsmanship are always a delight to see, of course. And a video shared by ESPN that captured a beautiful moment from a women's soccer match is no exception. In a WAFF Women's Club Championship match between Jordan's Shabab Al-Ordan Club and Arab Orthodox Club that took place last October, a Muslim player from the latter team had a minor collision with another player that partially removed her hijab. So for women who cover their hair with the hijab, it is an expression of faith and symbol of modesty. For a hijabi woman to be seen in public without that covering is to feel... Uh, inappropriately exposed. So the players of the opposing team, they didn't wear hijabs themselves, but they immediately recognized the potential embarrassment of the player. So as soon as uh, as soon as they saw her kneel down to replace her head covering, players from Shabab Al Ordan Club 
started gathering around her, signaling their teammates to come and form a shield around her while she put everything back into place. It was a spontaneous act, clearly born of understanding, empathy, and respect. Even though those players did not practice the same custom, and even though it wasn't their own teammate, they supported this woman's adherence to her faith tradition without hesitation and gave her the privacy she needed in the moment. Um, So yeah, the article is entitled Opposing Team Members Surrounded a Soccer Player Whose Hijab Came Off, and it's fabulous. Yeah, Um, That's great. It is fabulous because it, it kind of it's kind of sort of a microcosm of how we should all act Mm -hmm. and that, you know, freedom of religion doesn't only apply to Christianity. Right. Um, but it, it is, you know, it, it, and just shouldn't only be applied to religion. It should be freedom of expression, freedom of speech. That first amendment stuff. Right. You know, exactly. Um, but you know, it's, uh, it's a great thing to see. Yeah. There's a video of it. You should definitely, the people listening should definitely check it out. Um, hopefully the article is still up by the time we release this uh, podcast. It should be. Um, but it is uh, just a wonderful story. Um, you know, I've watched the video multiple times. It was almost reactionary. Yeah. Like they just immediately saw what, what happened. And, and it was actually the woman who uh, one of the, the, the players who, who accidentally bumped her was the one who started it, was the one who had everyone... Good job, I heard, for having that that presence an, of mind. An, an initiative. You know? yeah. yeah, so they all huddled around her. I don't know if you saw the video. Um, yeah, but, but it's it, but yeah, that's... It, it's great. Because when you're in that moment as an athlete, you don't necessarily have the, you know, the focus to, to think of something like that. Right. I mean, you're so focused on the game and mm-hmm. and your performance, team strategy. I mean, you just go down the list right. to to be in that moment and to recognize the situation and just basically to act out of instinct, almost like a form of of shock reaction. Mm-hmm. Um speaks a lot about uh these players ability to keep things in perspective and to properly train themselves um to to honor what what is right rather than what is that you know what society might tell them is important right you know and there are responses to the video um some comments that were largely positive mm-hmm. which is you know it's funny because we usually talk about negative comments right. on social media and the like but Uh, One person said, perfect example of respecting someone's belief, even if they aren't yours. Kudos to them. Um, The character and sportsmanship of these athletes is awe-inspiring. Freedom of religion isn't just for Christianity, but for all religions. Kudos. Wow, beautiful. This is a demonstration on, on... Oops. I just accidentally... Sean's big fingers are affecting us. But, I just accidentally, but you get the idea yeah. is that all these people, there's a whole list of comments, but everyone is, you know, these are all positive comments. And it really, that's great. Let's take a step back and look at it from the standpoint of having nothing to do with religion. Just like how mm-hmm. we had to look at the thing with Rob Drake, we having nothing to do with politics. Okay. This is about respecting your opponent. Right. Okay. So, so you're in competition with, with them, okay. not against them. Yeah. You you see an opponent who, you know, is put in a, in a compromising situation that has nothing to do with the performance of the game, and you act appropriately. It's similar to. You know the the stories of the young lady who breaks her ankle rounding the bases. Yeah, on I was home just run, thinking that. You know, and the opponents help her around the bases. Yeah. Um. You know that that's what this is. Or countless incidents where marathon runners or sprinters trip, and they're helping people across the finish line. You yep. know, it has this this has in in theory has nothing to do with religion mm-hmm. and has nothing to do with spirituality. It has everything to do with respect. And it doesn't doesn't to a certain point doesn't even have anything to do with the game anymore. Right. It's just being a good person, being a good human. Right? Yeah. No, that's that's absolutely true. Well, we really talked a lot today. We did. And I think I think we're both falling asleep, and we still have plenty of things to do. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, 
let's let's put the bookmark here, okay, so that we can get on with our lives. But uh, I think we caught up. I think, I think we so caught too. up to with with a lot of the things we wanted to talk about. Yeah, and we still have plenty. Oh, of things. there's more. There's plenty more that we need to discuss. We'll see. So I don't oh, know, no. but you'll have to come back for the next episode. The, that'll be in the middle of November. I don't know why I'm getting excited for the passage of time. <laughs> We're that tired. Wow. I, 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 I think it's time for me to uh, go get some help myself. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Sean, as always, thank you. Thank, thank you, you for very your work much. and for your great contributions of the stories today. Mm -hmm. And thank you, everybody out there, for listening. Again, you can check us out online, osipfoundation.org. Email podcast at osipfoundation.org. You can submit your stories either that way or through our website. And social media is facebook.com slash osipfoundation and Twitter and Instagram are both at Osa Foundation hashtag how you play the game. So everybody, thank you again. Glad you could have been with us today as we talked about this stuff. We'll chat with you in uh, just a few short weeks. And until then, treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the Osa Foundation Incorporated. The producer engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by Soundspring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osafoundation.org.